Welcome into the Talking Tide podcast. Once again, I'm Chase Goodbread of NFL.com and Crimson Cover Television, Travis Ryer of BamaOnline.com, and the radio host of Southern Fried Sports with you for yet another edition of the Talking Tide podcast. The Twitter feed is Talking underscore Tide. You can get our podcasts at our website at Podbean.com. Also, Four apps, including iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and TuneIn. And Travis, we we come with uh, immediate reaction in the uh, instant aftermath, immediate aftermath of Alabama's loss to Arkansas was not pretty for sure. The final score, eighty-one to sixty-six, and uh, for a team that's Pretty much everything that Alabama has touched this year has been gold. They've had that Midas touch, but uh, tonight we kind of saw the worst of Alabama in, in just about every respect. Also, uh, a huge disparity in free throw attempts, a key factor in the game. But Arkansas out hustled, out physical, outplayed Alabama on this. Yeah, those critical boxes that we tend to look at and the wake of Alabama games, either wins or losses. You go directly to those and you see Alabama with 11 made threes in the game. You think, well, that's a good sign, especially when Arkansas for the second straight meeting against Alabama this season, with just four makes from beyond the arc. But as you said, just a huge disparity in free throw shooting, free throw production, 27 makes for Arkansas on 43 attempts. Only shot 63% from the free throw line did the Hogs. But when you get 43 looks at it, you make 27. Meanwhile, Alabama just three of eight from the line. You're able to more than cover for that gap at the uh, at the three-point line. And I agree with you, though. I, I know Alabama fans are upset about the officiating Doug Showles, he got into his rhythm very early. He called the charge on Herb Jones uh, in the early stages of the game and and never really looked back in terms of being a a constant factor. But that's the way the game was called. And it looked like for a while it was going to be called both ways. I mean, you had both teams hitting the bonus before you got to the 10-minute mark of the first half. But as the game moved along, obviously – Alabama uh, whistled quite a bit more uh, for fouls. And look, Alabama just wasn't good enough, really, in any phase of the game. Did a nice job there in the first half, closing down that initial double-digit deficit to just one at the half. And then Alabama goes on the 7-0 run to start the second half and is actually up 45-39. Eric Russellman quickly calls a timeout, the Arkansas head coach, to try to stymie that Alabama momentum. And I guess it worked because from that point forward, Chase, uh, it was all hogs. It wasn't really close uh, from that that part of the early stages of the second half until the final buzzer. And, you know, an area where Alabama also has made a lot of hay this year has been its bench and outscored Arkansas by 25 off the bench in the first meeting last month between these teams but on on Wednesday night it was actually Arkansas with a three-point uh edge there in bench scoring so just about anywhere you look it was it was Arkansas's night and no doubt about it and, and you know the story of the game had Alabama won could have been Jordan Bruner uh if he'd have been able to give him much in the second half uh Bruner 
Travis, who's only, I guess, on his second game back since a pretty extensive layoff from an injury. He hit three three-pointers right near the end of the first half that pretty much erased what, what, what was a double-digit lead for the Hogs. Uh, went cold in the second half. But, you know, you see that, and you wonder, you know, look, if, if, if you're getting a wake-up call on the road and a guy like Bruner cans, cans nine points in the blink of an eye, you're doing all right going into the break. But then they come back out in the second half and kind of get discombobulated. You see them lose their poise a little bit. 11 block shots for Arkansas, Travis, around the rim, and Alabama didn't like a few of them. No, John Petty certainly didn't like one there in the second half. He was hit with that first technical foul call there uh, after it looked like he got some contact uh, around the rim there. But, you know, you look at Alabama's guys on the offensive end, typically night in and night out. You're going to talk about Herb Jones. You're going to talk about John Petty. You're going to talk about Jade Shackelford, especially with Shackelford coming off the 27-point performance against Vanderbilt last Saturday. Well, those three guys on Wednesday night give you 21 points between them. In the first go-around with Arkansas, they combined for 46, and you won going away. And, um, you know, just uh, you're right. Bruner was a nice pick-me-up because he didn't even play the first time around against Arkansas. So this was his first look at the Razorbacks, and he gave you those four first-half three-pointers that really put you in a position going into the break to feel like, you know, for as poorly as things had gone for Alabama for much of the first 20 minutes, here they are just a point down. Then they hit Arkansas with the early punch in the second half, and you're starting to think they're going to get a little separation. But again, give Arkansas a lot of credit, too. We're going to talk so much about Obviously, on an Alabama-affiliated podcast, what the Crimson Tide didn't do or didn't do enough of, but this was an Arkansas game that had won seven straight in the league coming into uh, this one on Wednesday night, and now it sits at eight after this win. And, you know, I look at the two teams. I think I still think Alabama's the – they split the regular season games, but, you know, I think Alabama's, in my opinion, uh, pretty clearly the – the more talented of the two teams. Uh, but there's something to be said about playing your best at the right time of the year. So whereas I'm hesitant to look at Arkansas and think that the Razorbacks are even a sweet 16 team, maybe they are. You know, maybe they're going to you know, kind of ride this wave into the SEC tournament and into the NCAA tournament and make some noise. Seems like Bruner has eaten all of Rojas's minutes, at least since mm-hmm. he came back from this injury. Is that about how that substitution pattern looks to you, Travis? Well, just one minute of action for James Rojas. You're right. He was it was pretty notable, um, you know, his absence. And well, and you know, part of that too is you got Jawan Gary back um on Wednesday night from his injury, and that was a real positive, real silver lining. Uh, in the in the loss was the fact that you got 17 minutes out of Jawan Gary gave you nine points, nine rebounds. Um, you know that's going to impact James as well. You know perhaps if you don't get more out of Alex Reese or you don't feel like you're going to get enough out of Alex Reese, uh, you could see Rojas get into some of those minutes. But Reese only played six minutes in the game Wednesday night. He goes over five from three and. It was one of those games where I credit Reese this year for trying to become more of a uh, 
active participant, I guess you could say, not just a three-point shooter, not just an offensive-oriented guy, a guy that's willing to get in the mix for 50-50 balls, at least attempt to hit the glass harder than he has in previous years. But it was one of those nights where if Reese wasn't going to hit some shots, uh, his ability to help you in this kind of matchup was going to be minimal. And so, you know, he, he too had, saw his minutes go down. But again, good to see Bruner up over 20 minutes, seemingly, um, you know, shaking off that rust on the offensive end. And uh, I think I think it's becoming more and more clear that that Gary's going to be that next guy. Uh, you know, when you when you start thinking about you know some of those post spots or a guy that you can stretch a little bit. Between Bruner shooting nine threes and Gary shooting two threes, Travis, I think we can mark everybody on the roster with a, with a green light for three or at least. No like, red. Is there a red light on the whole roster for three? And I liked everything about Jawan Gary Wednesday night, except those two threes. Um, you know, and for Reese, we've seen him in some recent games, hit some early shots from out there and kind of help get Alabama going. But, um, you know, he just, he had a couple of really clean looks early and the shots looked good. They just didn't go in. But once the first couple of three didn't go in, the last couple of shots that he got up, they'd never had a chance. So, um, look, we're not picking on anybody specifically because if you want to do the whole plus minus thing for this team, especially where the bench is concerned, uh, you know, it's it's not what you're accustomed to seeing. Again, especially for, for guys off the bench, you know, uh, Reese and uh, Gary Quinterly, you know, Javon Quinterly was minus 17 in plus minus in the game, you know, off the bench. Uh, Keon Ellis was minus 14 in plus minus. Reese was minus 12. So, uh, again, you, you, you anticipate the bench given what you've seen and still what you expect. You still think those guys are going to be a strength for you moving forward. They just They just weren't on Wednesday night. Let's touch a minute, Travis, on what we've seen from Bruner between the Vandy game and, and this game coming back off that injury. Two thoughts. One, Nate Oates, I, I think, thinks really highly of this kid um, ba- based on what we've seen the last two games. Not only the minutes that, that he – and got a start, by the way, against the Hogs here in, in this game tonight. But in the Vanderbilt game, you would think a guy coming off that long a layoff uh, would get – late minutes, right, uh, or at least late first half minutes in his first game back, nah, uh Nate Oates had him out there early. Uh, he might have been the first sub in the game, as a matter of fact, against Vanderbilt. Uh, and then when they were trying to put it away near the end of the game, he was back in for some more. Yeah, I mean, there's obviously a trust level there, and I think it has to do with sort of, in addition to the versatility he brings, he is – a veteran presence, obviously. So uh, steadying, I would say, in a lot of instances when you have him out there. Um, and so that that makes some sense. And, you know, look, I don't want to make a big thing out of plus minus because I think a lot of times it can also be deceiving uh, because I think Josh Primo was an example of that in the game. Um, you know, had a couple of, of plays here and there, but, you know, in 19 minutes, he has seven points, three rebounds, and he's plus two and, and plus minus. And in all honesty, 
I didn't think he showed up as much as you might expect either. So, you know, they've kind of had a next man up type scenario, especially out on the perimeter. Uh, Petty had 12 in the game. Quinterly had 13. So it wasn't like they were totally without scoring punch from out there, but they just didn't get that 20 plus type of night. Like they got from Shackelford against Vanderbilt and that's what they needed tonight. Quick correction for you, for our listeners, Travis. Uh, Jordan Bruner got into the game so early against Vanderbilt, he started. So, <laughs> I thought, I told you he was probably the first sub in. He was he was uh, the fir- one of the first yeah. five in there in that one. So, but that drives the po- the point home even more, I guess, with 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 Oates having that confidence and a guy who was starting to come into his own uh, before he got hurt, but hadn't, but was still a bench guy at that time. Well, he had started some games, um, so you know there was there there was the expectation going into the season that Jordan Bruner, you know, would unequivocally be you know a guy a top five guy, and and that's really what he was. And then um, you know the injury kind of came at the worst possible time. Alabama was just really starting to hit that stride in that win at Kentucky when he went down. You know, they won by 20 to go to, I believe it was 5-0 and in the league at the time, and everything was just coming together perfectly. And look, from the Kentucky game, they still beat Arkansas the first time around by 31 before going on the road and putting 105 on LSU. So, you know, we're not trying to build Jordan Bruner into another Jordan that a lot of people recognize on the basketball court, but... You know, he obviously has a lot of value. And again, not all of it's just statistical production. There's there's intangibles uh, that a grad transfer from a program like Yale, uh, a maturity that he's going to bring to your to your room and and to your to your roster in general. Travis, can you tell I've had enough about talking about guards this season? (laughs) (laughs) I'm watching. I'm watching Alabama go uh 11 of 33 from three and all i can hear and only shooting 11 free throws and all i can hear in my head is good bread complaining <laughs> about the the lack of a back to the basket presence you gotta have the <laughs> big man that you can throw it in there too uh, yeah. I'll, yeah i'll just i you know what though i've uh I've come to appreciate the way Nate Oates is getting it done more than I did certainly in his first season and, and more than I did when this season began. So he's moved my needle some Travis there you in go. that regard, you know, um, but, but I'm, I'm, I'm still waiting for the, for the bully night, you know, to come. <laughs> the bully night. Yeah, you know that. You know who that guy may end up being. I, he's not going to be a traditional post, but I will say this: uh, I thought Jawan Gary brought it in terms of effort, and you know, giving Alabama some chances uh, on second chance opportunities on the offensive end, just keeping balls alive. Uh, very athletic finisher uh, in some of those opportunities. So. Um, you know, that's going to have to kind of be your compromise in all this good bread. You know, you're not going to get, in all likelihood, another Roy Rogers down there on the block. So you just need to get over it, good bread. 
Yes, Those I days do. are over. You're not yes, going to get do. an Irwin Dudley. Down and we're all Michael worse Ansley's. Yeah, well, you're, you're just going to have to deal with it, good bread. You know? You're damn right those days are over, you're, and we're all worse for it. You're in your Michael Ainsley feelings right now. You know, that's what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I, I, Melvin, I could, Melvin Cheatham, you know. Yeah, yeah, well. The days he, of that turnaround Jay on the baseline, they're gone. They're over. You're not going to get any more 12-foot turnaround jumpers from Cheatham there on the baseline. They're over. They're gone. Get over it. I go back so much further though, Travis. I I, I can remember <laughs> I, I, I can remember enjoying watching John Concat banging around. Oh, you know, some of those. Maybe some maybe maybe uh maybe we can find you some Mark Eaton, you know, on yeah. YouTube with the, with that jazz, you know, yeah. Utah yeah. Jazz back in the day. Maybe some some Mark Eaton before it was even the mailman really out there in Salt Lake. Baskerville Holmes and you know some <laughs> aggressive guys around that room. Patrick Ewing, you know we can get you some of that. You know, Talking Tide Podcast at Podbean.com, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and tune in. The Twitter feed is talking underscore Tide. Going to thank a couple of sponsors that keep the show going really quickly, and we're so happy for them. We're going to start by telling you about North River Dental Associates. Now, if you need any dental work done whatsoever. Your spouse, your family needs some work done. The place to go locally, no question about it. North River Dental, uh, Dr. Jack Smalley and his outstanding staff of professional dental hygienists can do all kinds of work uh, to your choppers. They've got the teeth whitening services that a lot of people like around uh, holidays, events, etc. Uh, endodontics, dentures, dental implants, they do it all. And on a routine cleaning, if you're in there regularly like you should be, uh, they can get you out of there in no time flat, hardly any time in the waiting room either. They're great with dealing with insurance folks. They do it all over there at North River Dental. You can get an appointment at 752-3506 or on the web at northriverdentist.com. So if it's been a while since you got them clean, uh, get over there, get it done with Dr. Jack Smalley. You'll be glad for it. It's North River Dental Associates. I'm going to tell you about Southern Ale House out there at 1530 McFarland Boulevard North in the Indian Hills section of Tuscaloosa. How about this weather we've had the last couple of days? Look, we know it's all a tease, but while it is here for the time being, it is a very nice preview of the upcoming spring and summer months. It's also an opportunity for you to make good use of that deck seating area they've got there at Southern Ale House. I was by there on Wednesday, and it looked like a lot of folks around lunchtime were taking advantage of that situation. You should, too. Next time the weather allows for it, hopefully it'll continue to do it in the coming days. Have your lunch, your dinner, maybe brunch on the weekend out there on that outdoor deck. Also, On Thursday nights, you're going to find live entertainment out there on that deck. At Southern Ale House, 1530 McFarland Boulevard North in the Indian Hills section of Tuscaloosa. A lot of great theme nights as well. You've got the burgers and brews on Tuesday night. They're going to come up with some outstanding craft burgers to go with and pair with some outstanding craft brews for you. Uh, You've got the wine night, wine special, why not? Wednesday there at Southern Ale House, always a great time as well. Any day of the week, you're going to enjoy it there at Southern Ale House. Also want to tell you, if you're downtown, check out Heat Pizza Bar right there at Government Plaza in the uh, in the in the downtown area. 
they're going to take great care of you there, Frank and the staff, the crew there. Outstanding folks. Uh, the pizza is out of this world. We've told you many, many times. The great deals you can find on weeknights there. And also on the weekends, you got an all-day happy hour on Sundays. You're not going to beat that. But, of course, Tuesday night's the personal favorite, the Thai chicken pizzas, among those weeknight specials there at Heat Pizza Bar. Just 7 bucks for those Thai chicken pizzas starting at 6 o'clock. On Tuesdays, can't beat it. Heat Pizza Bar, downtown Tuscaloosa at Government Plaza. Talking Tide podcast at podbean.com, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and tune in. The Twitter feed is talking to underscore Tide. Thanks once again to Heat Pizza Bar, Southern Ale House, and North River Dental Associates for keeping us around. And we're going to be around with you for just a few more minutes, kind of looking ahead a little bit for what's left of the Alabama basketball season. Travis, uh, since we last podcast at Alabama actually lost one off the schedule with Texas A&M, which you had uh, kind of alerted to in our last podcast that that, that was conceivable at the time anyway, and uh, sure enough, did not play an A&M game. Last we heard, I think they were going to try to look to see if they could figure out a, a way to make it up. I'd like to get your thoughts on a, on whether or not that's possible. And then, of course, two more regular season games on the road at Mississippi State and at home against Auburn. Yeah, not to be lost in this loss is the fact that you're still just one win away from, you know, clinching that first regular season SEC crown since 2002. Now, that doesn't mean there aren't some things this Alabama team needs to take from this loss and certainly do some introspection and try to get some things figured out, especially as it relates to to Herb Jones and his availability. You know, second straight game that he was a a disqualification from a fouls perspective. Got to figure out a way to keep him on the floor uh, for for more than the minutes that he's been able to give him here of late. Um, yeah, and, you know, look, the, the disparity in fouls, undeniably large, exceptionally large uh, in Fayetteville on Wednesday night. But Alabama's got to be smarter as a basketball team too. I mean, you had multiple situations where Alabama fouled three point shooters, including a couple times where there was no chance in hell the shots were going to go down, but Alabama still the way Alabama plays, um, it's, it's going to be a little suspect to ball fakes and shot fakes and, you know, leaving the floor, getting out of position a little bit in the, in the mode of trying to recover a lot of times because they are very aggressive, which isn't a bad thing. Uh, but Alabama has some things to clean up, but still a lot of great stuff still out there for this team. And it starts with Mississippi State on Saturday evening. Again, another tough type of matchup because stylistically, uh, you know, pretty different teams. Mississippi State will want to beat up Alabama uh, with its post players primarily, uh, but also capable uh, with some versatility at some other spots as well. So, you know, Auburn watching Auburn against Florida on Tuesday night. Sharif Cooper, the outstanding freshman point guard, was out for the Tigers in that game. We'll see what his status is moving forward. But, you know, Alabama should be able to take care of the SEC here in relatively short order. And then it's about seeding and the big picture of the NCAA tournament, how that might play out. But, um, yeah, that A&M game, it, it may be contingent upon – you know, what happens here in, in the next week with uh, with Mississippi State and Auburn on, on tap. And you also have to consider 
the rest of the league and trying to probably get seedings figured out for the SEC tournament, et cetera. So that's kind of where it sits for this team right now, I, in my opinion. How do you see it, Chase? Yeah, well, they're, they're certainly looking at, a, I guess, a double buy in the SEC tournament, Travis, which is not something we've often associated with Alabama, even in good seasons. Uh, so this, they, they're in a, just the best position we've seen, and, and I don't know how long uh, in terms of the league. Um, they don't need the Texas A&M game. If they figure out a way to work it out, then, then so be it. Uh, there, is, you, it there is a nine-day stretch between Auburn and, and the start of the tournament. Travis so who knows mm-hmm. uh but yeah uh, that that that's that wasn't by accident I think you know that that weekend after Auburn midweek next week that's that's when you're gonna have some some makeup games played if if that's the route that the the league chooses to play uh, take I, I think that was put put there very much with the potential for postponements and and the like in mind so yeah we'll see yeah, just like they did with football. So, yeah, pretty much. Uh, Alabama trying to clinch the regular season SEC title. Could have done it against Arkansas. It did not happen, uh, but it would be the first time Alabama has won the SEC in football and basketball since 75-76, Travis, with uh, the coaching tandem of, of Paul W. Bear Bryan and C.M. Newton for you. Yeah, that was pretty stout. Pretty stout duo back in the day. Going to do it for this edition of the Talking Tide podcast. Be sure to join us uh, next week, and we'll be uh, talking more Alabama basketball and plenty more. For Travis Ryer of BamaOnline.com and Southern Fried Sports Radio, I'm Chase Goodbread of NFL.com and Crimson Cover Television. We'll talk to you next time on Talking Tide.